Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll get picks from Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey, and we'll talk movies with Ann Hornaday. But first, let's try and keep the sales weasels happy. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. So I go to satisfy my you know need for sweets i open the box of um the russell stover mince. white chocolate mints knowing that there's got to be about 30 left there's two left <laughs> and i say to carol well, what's this and she said yeah i was eating those i was eating all that i said wait you have dietary restrictions she said, well yeah this is general george washington and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. I should just say that about the dietary restrictions, if there's, if you can't eat milk products, but you sit there and you say, yeah, let's get macaroni and cheese. You know, <laughs> come on, who's getting who on that? It's macaroni and cheese. Sort of thought you'd good. open with an apology. Huh? An apology for what? <laughs> mom, were you in what? trouble? Were you on your own for dinner? No. Well, yeah, actually I was. I, I reheated things. <laughs> well, speaking of dinners, well, how was your dinner? How Are you cooking? How did that tenderloin uh, go? I heard you The tenderloin is great. I, I have. So John Engelbrecht, one of our friends over at Chichesi, went hunting and picked me up some quail. Never, never had, had heard of the term tunnel boned before, but... I don't know what that uh, means. Right. Yeah, so I, you're looking at all sorts of ways to grill a quail, which I've uh, never done in my life before. No, last night I skipped dinner. I had Parker's for lunch and then proceeded to... Uh, sleep for about 14 hours. Okay, well, that's good. But are you excited yes. about the quail? I've eaten quail. It's so how good. did you have it How did you have it prepared? I'm, it's been a while back. I think it was grilled. I, it's small. These are small little birds. You cannot, you cannot cook them for, you know, 25 minutes. They're small little birds, right? They're dead. Yes. Well, <laughs> they're yes. dead. It's, yes. But I yes. think you're going to like them. I mean, I think they're, they can be pretty tangy. They're pretty, and they can be chewy. Chewy how and does tangy. It, how does it compare to a, like a Cornish hon? A Cornish hon or a Cornish hen? hon? A Cornish yes. hen? Because a Cornish hon is a pickle. <laughs> I was uh, not thinking of the pickle. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not as big, you know, as a Cornish hen. I don't know. I mean, you know me, Michael. I eat whatever's put in front of me. <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know. So, but I, I, I wish you luck with that. I think that Thank should you. be fun. How many do you have? I don't know. I think it's probably two quail to a person, right? I would, this is going to be. This will be yeah. like half the dinner. 
At least, oh, okay. So it's not it's not just a dinner of quail. No, this is not a feast of quail. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. No, tight. That's fine. Um, we are now into the meaningless bowls. We're into the bowl games that don't matter. All of the people in all of the Blazers for all time who would go around the last three weeks of the college football season in their Blazers and happily court certain teams for certain bowl games, that's all done because people don't even play in them anymore. If it's not the college football championship playoff, they don't even play in them. The second string guy at Florida State isn't playing. He entered the portal. (laughs) The first string guy at Florida State isn't playing because he's hurt, Jordan Travis. Right. And that was the whole hullabaloo. Is it fair to Florida State to put so much on Jordan Travis that when he's not playing, Florida State at 13-0 and and a champion of an alleged Power 5 conference doesn't make it? And everybody talked about that at great length. And now the guy who was the quarterback, Rotomaker or something like that? Yeah. I'm a, he yeah. quit. He's in the transfer portal. I don't want to hear about Florida State anymore. I, do, I don't want to hear about them. If that guy walked away, yeah. what are we talking about? And in terms of what are we talking about, did I get to mention this last week when James Madison went down the drain like dogs to the Air Force Academy, <laughs> like dogs? Am I, I going to have to hear, what's her name, L. Louise Lasser, the woman in the legislature <laughs> in Virginia who said, we're going to declare war on the NCAA, a terrible term, because she felt that, that James Madison, even though they had signed the letter of agreement in which they knew all the stipulations that they could not be in a major bowl game because you had to wait two years or three years, whatever it was, when you go from D2 to D1, she said, and then the attorney general at Virginia backed her up, you know, because James Madison was being terribly discriminated against because they were the best team in the world. They went down. They lost by 20 to Air Force. They went down like dogs. Yes. What's her name? Uh, Senator L. Louise Lucas. Yeah. And said, yes, Virginia will go to war. Is she out front on this one? (laughs) I mean, did did she bet heavily on James Madison? Because she lost. I don't want to hear about them anymore. I just, I don't want to hear about this. Some of these bowl games. Amazing. The Florida State guy. Um, I'm also returning to my anger. uh, The Christmas records. In the NBA. Oh, right. I'm returning it's... to my anger for yesterday. <laughs> they have these, these phony baloney Christmas records. Oh, LeBron scored more points on Christmas than anybody in history. You want to know why that's true? Because he plays every Christmas. <laughs> right. Ten teams play. There are five games. That means 20 teams do not play. Do you want to know why the Wizards don't have any records on Christmas? Because they stink, and they're not invited to be on on Christmas. LeBron and Steph Curry and Jokic and Antetokounmpo, they're invited every single year. So, of course, they have all the records. And these these records shouldn't even exist. They're, they're not records. They're trash. I, for they're, one. They're, the whole league doesn't play on Christmas. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen, you know, in the heart of the day, the Pistons versus the Wizards on Christmas Day. <laughs> Let us get to the Pistons. <laughs> oh, the Wizards lost last night. The Wiz- Wizards stink. They're terrible. Uh, they've won five games. I think they're 5-27, and 27, something like that. They're really bad. Yeah, didn't make it to 9 and They're 20. not even the worst team in the league. They're not even the second worst team in the league. The second worst team in the league is San Antonio. 
For all of the people out there, like Mike Wilbon, who said that Victor Wembanyama would be a generational player, a transformative player, the most important draft pick in history, well, not now. Not now, because they're like 4-27. and 27. He hasn't done anything to make San Antonio a better team, let alone a good team. Has not done anything. Does he have talent? Sure. Of course. Is he exciting to watch? Sure. Of course. Is he transformative now? No, he's not. But the worst team is Detroit. Their losing streak has hit 27 mm-hmm. after losing last night at home to the Nets. It's the longest one-season losing streak in the history of the NBA. They were at home last night. They were winning in the fourth. Cade Cunningham, who was the overall number one pick a couple of years ago, had 37 points in the second half, and they didn't win. They're now 2-28. and 28. The last time they won a game was October. <laughs> it was October. It's unbelievable. The World Series was going on when the Detroit Pistons last won a game. They're at Boston tomorrow. You think they're going to win that game? I don't. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think they're going to win that game. They've lost. They're 2-28. They've lost 27 in a row. Normally, you'd fire the coach. You would have to do something. You would have to keep faith with your fans. You would have to do something, and the easiest thing to do is fire the coach. They're not going to fire Monty Williams. They signed him last year to a $70 million contract when Phoenix fired him. Yeah, He's the highest paid coach. He's never won anything. He's the highest paid coach in the NBA. $70 million. You think they're going to eat that? Are you nuts? And by the way, Monty Williams is a wonderful person. He's a local for us. He grew up in Washington. He used to work for Uncle Rob. Oh, really? He used to work for Uncle Rob. Did not know He's that. A, and I don't want to see him fired. Yeah. But what are you going to do? They've lost 27 games in a row. Michael, you're Lions young. offer some protection. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they do. Yeah, no, I, they won the division for the first <clears throat> time in forever. In 30 years. Yes, in 30 years. The Browns haven't won it in more than 30 years, if we're talking about the NFL. But what do you, if you're a fan, like you have in your lifetime, you don't know winning with the Washington football team at all. I do. You don't. You were alive when they won, but you were not of an age of knowledge and reason that you could do it. What, what would you do if you lived in Detroit? Certainly not, su- not sustained winning when you talk about, you know, growing up in Washington, D.C., just because of how young I was in the early 90s. You have those... You know, you have the um, unbridled optimism. Uh, yeah, but no, this is one, if you're actually... Seven games. If you're one of the true fans, I feel like you just, you take joy in just the, you know, commiserating with the guys to your left and your right. It's just terrible. Yeah, you're all in the same foxhole together. You know, when you get asked the same question every single night, you know, you ought to prepare a statement and just hand it out to people, mimeograph sheets. (laughs) Remember what I said last night? It's It's the same tonight. It's just (laughs) the longest losing streak in hockey is 17. The Caps are part of that when they were an expansion team. Longest one in football, I believe, is 16. In baseball, it's 23. So they're way out ahead now. It's the longest losing streak in NBA history in, in the same season. Yeah, Philly. It doesn't overlap. Yeah, Philly. But the Phillies. 28. Yeah, so they're, they're one away. One away from the old and time. And then Boston. Again. So how did they start with a winning record? They were 2-1 and one at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah so uh-huh. they're 2-28. and 28. San Antonio is 4-25. and 25. Washington is 5-24. and 24, But I do want to point out they've, they've caught fire a little bit. 2-8 and eight in the last 10. So yeah. 
They're not going to go 9 and 20, are they? <laughs> They're really not going to go 9 it and 20. It won't win 20 games. Can I say what I've done and what I did last night? Sure. I started to watch. I haven't watched television, I don't know, four years. I started to watch a show last night. I watched four or four episodes of a show last night. Can I take a guess? Go ahead. Was it The Diplomat? Yes. <laughs> the Diplomat with Kerry Russell. Yeah. And I really like it. It's pretty good, isn't it? It is very good. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's very good. Maybe there's 30 shows that are better. Sean, <laughs> Michael, have you ever seen The Diplomat? Oh, yeah. I recommended that to you the last time I was down. Okay, Such a so, great show. Yes, I really like it. I really like her. Yeah, well, she's terrific. She is. She can curse. Yeah. She, and she, she really can curse. She's great as oh, sort yeah. of the frazzled sort of like really veteran State Department. She doesn't want all the frills of being the diplomat. Yeah. You know, but she knows how to get she's things smart, done. She's smart. She's quick. She's yeah. fearless. Yeah, she's great. You know, it's really. it's. I forget so he plays far. her husband. He's, he's great. Yeah, he's really good. I don't know who too. he is. He yeah. plays if you're back to watching TV, you should definitely start watching Slow Horses. It's on Apple oh, TV. I'm not sure. Oh, you yes, so but good. I don't get but you'll, that. You'll love Gary Oldman. You will love it. But I don't get that. Mm. It's been rec- My friend Sean <clears throat> recommended that to me. He said it's about old British spies. Yeah. Yep. Says it's great, but I don't get that service. Apple TV. I don't we get it. We have it at our house. It'll come oh, over. Okay. I, I'll it's, see it. At, it's worth watching. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, My favorite Gary, show on TV right yeah, now. Yeah. Gary Oldman okay. is just brilliant in it. Right. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. So we'll take a break. Um, Chuck Todd, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a group called Blue Yard Garden. Blue Yard Garden. They go by BYG. Um, This is a song called The Land of Pink Flamingos. And Jeff Zutant, Z-U-T-A-N-T, writes... Let me start by saying I've been reading, watching, and listening since early 1983 when when I moved to Maryland at the age of 10. You were and continue to be just the right mix of humor, bitterness, and complaining that has shaped my personality for decades. Sometimes that comes out in the form of music, hence the reason for my email. Recently, I've had to overcome some illnesses, and your podcast has been much-needed sanity for me the past few years. Can't thank you enough. Your support of little-known musicians is fantastic. I've not only found new music, but also heard my contemporaries in the industry from some 25 years ago, bands like Pat McGee and the Virginia Coalition. So I decided to send in some Blue Yard Garden, or simply BYG. Um, recently, we've been itching to play again. We're going to get together on December 29th, so that's this week. Yeah, it's a couple of days. Right? At the Out of the Way Cafe in Durwood, Maryland. December 29th, Out of the Way Cafe, Durwood, Maryland. So that's Friday, yes. Blue Yard Garden. We'll get to more of his letter later in the show. He plays in Chuck Todd, and I am obliged to say, and do it happily, 
This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You were three and four last week. You saved on the last game. You had Baltimore. Um, Baltimore just crushed San Francisco. I was really surprised at how many points they scored and and how how they defended San Francisco and and particularly Purdy. Were you? I was. Uh, I, I was. Are you? Is it every three weeks or every four weeks that we have a new unstoppable team in the NFL? Uh, it's usually yeah, about every three. Yeah, because then right? the old one loses three in a row. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when. Man, it's impressive that the Eagles they just win. They're ugly, but they win, and then they stopped winning. And you're like, well, yeah. the, nine, the, the Cowboys maybe they're in it. The Niners. No, no. Uh, for no. a week it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember when Burrow was yes. healthy and they went and beat the the snot out of of the Niners. I I, I assume. When do the the Ravens they blow this in the playoffs, right? They won't blow this now in the regular season, right? They well, blow this up in the Lamar Jackson has been a bad playoff quarterback and a great regular season quarterback. Yeah, that's his history so far. He's one and three in the playoffs with I believe three touchdown passes and five interceptions and two fumbles lost. So but, but you know, if you're look, great, it rises at some point. If you're great. They, yeah. they did look there was Good. this feeling that athletic you're like, Oh, they have the same amount of athletes. Like, yeah. sometimes you sit there and you're like, well, they don't have enough athletes. Like, it, it feels like the Cowboys are an athlete or too short, you know, but wow, you're like, whoa, Ravens, they look, they, they're playing on the same speed, you know, they look the real good. player. All right, yeah. let's get to it. You're 70-49-1. That's the best record of anybody. You're plus That's 21. Probably my best record ever. I mean, it yeah, feels so like if, my this feels people like People are betting with you. They're making money. Season. You're yeah. making money. Yeah. Think they're betting with you. You ready? We got a few line changes, not many. I'll explain them. Detroit is at Dallas. This is a must game for Dallas. Dallas does very well at home, not so well on the road. Detroit went down from getting six and a half to getting six. Detroit's locked in. And Dallas needs to win this game. Is that, the only question is, is Dallas six and a half points better than Detroit in your mind? This is, you know, Detroit is playing for the one seat. I know that sounds crazy, but after the Niners lost to the Ravens, that's seriously in play. Yeah, but they're so, playing the Washington football team, San Francisco is. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess mm. you're, what you're saying is that maybe they're not playing. <laughs> not this week. Yeah, not, not, not this week. Not this week. Anyway, mm. um, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to ignore this pattern. Um, everything points to Dallas here. Yeah. Dallas at home. It's a short week. We know what happens in the short weeks. And oh, by the way, I watched I watched a lot of the Quick Lane Bowl yesterday. Yeah, and, which was in their home field in the Ford Field. They kept bringing up the Lions, partly because the game was a blowout. They didn't have any, but they keep bringing it up, and it's like my goodness. And they partied, and this is the first time yeah, they've won they their division. It's just sort them. of like, let them. yeah. Do they have anything to play for on Thursday as much? So, yeah, I I, I think you have to. I'm surprised the line moved toward the Lions a little bit, as you said. But, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Dallas. Okay, Dallas on that one. Las Vegas, a team that has won a bunch of games with Antonio out. Pierce, and he should get the job. Yes. They made a mistake not giving the job to Rich Passaccia a few years ago when he had guided the team into the playoffs after John Gruden left. They should not make this mistake again. They are plus three at Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a an up and down. These are two up and down teams. They are up and down teams. Las Vegas, in my mind, had a lot more to play for at Kansas City, a division rival. This is not a division rival game, and I believe that Indianapolis still has some playoff hope. 
If you like Indianapolis, you are giving three. Yeah, I think you. I, I can't disagree with any way you presented this because of the Raiders. I don't. I don't know what they have left to play for. I think it's done. Um, but I have to tell you, laying three points with with the Colts is scary. Yeah, they don't they, score. They, they, they don't score a lot. And, but you know, the Raiders didn't score at all two weeks ago. So. Uh, and then, and then you don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I guess I'll go with the Colts here, but I'm not. I wouldn't put real money in it. This game is one of those where these late in the season games where they you don't know who's playing for what, right? right. You don't know who's got right. a contract. You don't know who's playing for what. I guess Garner Minshew's playing for a job. Right? He's been like pretty he good. Be, yeah. He's been. Yeah. It's not his fault. No, it's not no, his fault. And, and 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 he he's either a really good backup or he's somebody's emergency starting quarterback next year again. So, um, but no, give me the Colts. Okay. New Orleans, a team I don't like. I, I don't trust New Orleans at all. They're at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has won something like four in a row. This is very surprising. Baker Mayfield, who Win- Wilbon hates, Baker Mayfield the last few weeks has been quite good, actually. And Tampa Bay is winning. And Tampa Bay, in the worst division in all of football, is in position to you know, win the division. Um, it's a divisional game. It's at Tampa Bay, New Orleans plus three. The, uh, the bucks are really enticing. Aren't they like in general, you're like, you know, they could win two or three games in the playoffs. You know, that's well, not the craziest the, thing I, in I the world. That, I think that people don't realize this. They've still got Godwin and Evans. These are pro bowl receivers. They are. When you see Evans every time, and it's always it always be like, oh right, when he yeah. catches a pass, it's yeah. always like, oh right, he's still there, and he's still really good. Uh, give me the give me the Bucks, I guess. You know, I have a, some Saints fans in my life, and I saw them over the holidays. And I'm like, what are you guys gonna do? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. They they don't know what you know because he's gonna win just enough games where it's hard to justify firing them. Dennis like, Allen, you yeah. just know. Right, like that's it. You just you you know you just sort of look at certain teams. You're like, oh, you're never winning twelve games ever with this coach. Like that's nope. just never happening. No, nope. no. Nope. And yet you, you, they're not that justified in firing them this year, considering all the quarterback problems I went through. But yeah, I agree with that. I just want to point out you're trending towards home teams. Last week you trended towards away teams. You're trending <laughs> and a lot towards, of good this, but a lot of good this does. You know, but it was three and four, right? Three I mean, and four, you know, didn't you're like, help hey, you. They the, the one game last week, and you warned me, and we talked it through, was that damn Steelers game at home. Yes, like, I'm still mad at myself for that. Yes, for that one. And you even gave me a second chance to switch. And you didn't. No, you didn't. No. Here's the most intriguing game on the board because of the points. San Francisco coming out of an embarrassing loss, but having to go across the country, and I believe having to play at 10 a.m. on their own body clocks, is at Washington, a terrible team, a terrible team that somehow was in position to win a game last Sunday, even though they were down, was it 21 nothing after four minutes or something like that, Chuck? Against Jacoby the Jets? Brissett, man. Yeah, so... Why was it a Sam Howell? But that, that is what happened last week, right? Is it yes. all of a sudden the Washington football team said, oh, we're drafting a quarterback. We didn't yes. realize that, but we we're yeah. doing that now. Yeah. San Francisco, if you like them, and of course you like them to win, but do you like them to win by 14 points? Moved up a half point overnight already. 
No, no, I'm, I'm saying you'd, you'd need to get 14 to win, right? It's 13 and a half. It's 13 and a half. I, look, I, I'm going to hang my hat on Shanahan still wants to prove something to the football team. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if it has the same bite now that 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 Snyder's not here. Um, do we think Chase Young is excited to come home and pick out a new car? Does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> does get this, a new car? Like are we over here? the Chase Young stardom <laughs> ball yet? I mean, does it really matter with Chase Young? Because he believes I, in know, family. He believes in family. Yeah, That's why I, he likes those cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing keeps the family happier than a nice new car. Oh, man. Um, I, how do you how do you bet on the commanders here? You can't, right? Like I don't want you wouldn't put money in this, but there's no way you would. It's it's Niners or nothing. Okay. Uh, okay. On this, so you you you, you got to go with them, and they could if they won forty five to ten, you'd be like, of course they did. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Here's the toughest game: Miami at Baltimore, because Baltimore went across the country and they won in San Francisco. Miami stayed home and beat a team, beat Dallas at home. These were two very big games last week. Who sustains that? Which team sustains that? Miami is now up to three and a half at Baltimore. This is a tough game. Who you got? And this feels like a game that just Miami terrible at winning. It's, oh, it's cold. It's December. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, in it, 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 you know, that's, that's what makes Baltimore so scary. You feel like they could win in any weather. That they don't, they're not going to be bothered by which which type of game. Um, I do think this is going to be a sneaky low scoring game because I think you'll see a lot of running and you'll, you'll see a lot of slowing the game down. Uh, even though these teams like to score, but I I guess I'll go with the Ravens here, but I um, only because I just don't trust the Dolphins in cold weather. I believe this is the toughest game on the board. I do. Because of all the external factors. Counter, and, and yeah, counter, countervailing trend. I'd here, stay here, away. I, I would not pick this game. That's me. Cincinnati is up to seven at Kansas City. Kansas City, um, wow. We don't really understand what is going on with Kansas City. And part of us, and by us I mean me in the royal sense, <laughs> thinks, well, of course they can bounce back. Of course they can. They're Kansas City. But how many weeks do I have to see this before I say, you know what? They're not Kansas City. And I don't know what Cincinnati has. Cincinnati plus seven at Kansas City. They really, uh, we called this Burrowhead Stadium back when Joe Burrow was. Yes, because he won there. Yes. He kept winning there. Um, Part of the uh, Kansas City issue, boy, Pacheco is a huge, not having him really does seem, yeah. Like that is, he was a more important part of that team than, when you have no receivers and anything else, I you know same thing. I, I'm I, it looks like uh, Cinderella uh, midnight struck for for Jake Browning. Yes, feels that way, uh, and we think there a little bit. So, I yeah, I'll I'll be with the Chiefs. I mean, they have to win this. They they won so. their division, right? This is not a division thing. So at this point, this is just about. I guess they don't. Really I have don't. To win I know. I don't think they have clinched the division. I think they have to win a game. I think they have to win a game. Denver can still catch them, or or the Raiders. They I have. Think not, it's the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. Oh, they still the Raiders. have not clinched the division. I think it's the yeah. Raiders. Denver can't. Yeah. All right. Well, give me the. It, it's. It's the. 
Let me give you my theory, okay? And my theory is that you see Mahomes and Kelsey in a hundred commercials. And it's not just the State Farm commercials. There's a million different commercials they do. I don't think they care any less on Sunday. I don't. But I'm wondering if they care quite the same the rest of the week. I'm wondering. What are your thoughts on that? Think that's well, don't foolish? you think they do all that? They, they, in fairness to them, they tape yes. all the commercials, what? Months in before. March, right? Yes, but it's a mindset. It becomes, to me, a mindset, I think. Maybe, I but the Kel- like the Kelsey ads, like, don't you get the sense that they didn't know that how much they'd be using their Kelsey ads? They're like, yeah, let's, let's play some of these ads. And they're like, oh, he's now Taylor Swift's boyfriend. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now we're going to put this he's one in, in a demand. Yeah. He's suddenly in greater rotation. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, absolutely. So you, you see that um, it is fun to that my son taunts his sister about, hey, how do you like Taylor Swift ruining the Chiefs? Yeah. He, he, I mean, he does enjoy, and it really makes her mad. She gets very defensive. That's not true. Don't you know in the games that she comes to, like she's got all the stats. So it, <laughs> it is fun to torture Taylor Swift fans about this. Wilbon uh, simply refers to her as that girl. <laughs> he doesn't even say her name. <laughs> that girl. I thought that was well, Marla Thomas. Famous, <laughs> by the way, when you're that famous, yeah. do you really need a name? Yeah, probably <laughs> you're not. just, you know. All right, anyway. so you take Kansas right, City. One more game. One more game. Green nope. Bay, team of your youth. Green uh, Bay plus two at Minnesota. Um, Green Bay looked okay last week. Minnesota's in trouble. Yeah. Nick Mullins, he ain't it. He ain't it. Um, but, you know, Neither it's at dogs. Minnesota. It's a Sunday night game. Green Bay plus two. I just, I, I, maybe this is my heart, but laying points with Nick Mullins? No. I mean, it feels like as much as the Packers have not been – uh, much to write home about. I, I do like them when they're underdogs. So um, you'll take Green Bay? I'll take Green Bay here. All right. Good luck on this. You're killing everybody. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Chuck Todd, to boys James. and girls. Yeah. Bonzi. Goodbye. James. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't attack James. No. He, he didn't. didn't. Well, when you've James. got the record you've got, you know, you let that speak for itself. Chuck Todd is enough, of course. But we give you more than Chuck Todd. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's Sing going along, to everybody. the zoo, 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 zoo. zoo. has got the vikes by two. Sometimes he throws poo, 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 when he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So Reginald was 2-1 and one last week. <clears throat> Got an outside shot at Mount 500, but he hasn't had a 3-0 and week at all. Not, not once this he's year. He's 20, 27, and 1. He's got he's to hit the gas. Yes, he really does. But we will say this. For a monkey to have picked 20 games correctly, that's fairly impressive. It's good for a monkey. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Although you don't want to be betting with him this year. Um, so I went down to the National Zoo, uh, and it was a very busy scene down there, Reginald uh, and company, getting ready for the uh, the Nutcracker on Ice performance that they good. do at the National Zoo every year. Some of the, great uh, to see a monkey on skates. It really is. And some of the performers this year, uh, let's see, Nancy Kerrigan is going to be there, Rod Langway, Billy Smith. They had oh. some issues with Billy. If you got too close to him, he'd sort of clear you out of his crease. Yeah. But 
It's lovely to see him. And a uh, capuchin monkey named Penelope will also be performing. So uh, they took a break from the rehearsal from that to go over these matches. The first one we gave them was uh, the Las Vegas Raiders getting three at Indy. Uh, and this is an old photograph of Reginald at the groundbreaking ceremony, the Tropicana with Mo Green. Do you know there's not even a plaque with his name on and it out there? That's really something, isn't it? It is. That it is. is really something. Yeah. But it tells me that he will take the Raiders and, that, and take the yeah. three points. The next one we gave him. Not even a plaque. Not even a plaque. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> and if I come back and there's a million dollars on the table, I know I have a partner. Right. Uh, Red, uh, this next one we gave him was uh, the San Francisco 49ers coming all the way here to Washington, D.C., laying 13 and a half with the Washington football team. This was another lovely photograph of Reginald having a steak dinner at John's Grill with Buster Posey, Willie Mays, and Merton Hanks. So he's going to take San Francisco. Yes, that tells me he's going to take San Francisco and lay the very large sum of it's 13 a lot and of points. a half. Um, and the last one we gave him was, uh, was Green Bay getting two at the Vikes. Uh, you just have to listen to the song. The Vikes by two. That's yeah. what he's going to go with. So there you go. I wouldn't have expected any other way. <laughs> right. All right, we will take a break. When we come back... Do we have Ann Hornaday we, when we come back? Yes. We'll look at the year in movies. I didn't see any. We saw one. Oh, I saw Air. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was this year. I thought it was last year. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And I'm also Tony Kornheiser. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, don't. So, yeah. Come back. Come back. I forgot the outro. Let me do this again. No, don't change anything. <laughs> keep, just, keep going. Yeah. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I forget every <laughs> single week. I'm an idiot. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Blue Yard Garden, BYG. On December the 29th, today is the 27th. That's right. So in two days, on the 29th, at the Out of the Way Cafe in Durwood, Maryland, you can see them. And again, this is from Jeff Zutan, who writes, Tell Greg Garcia if he ever wants to write a show about his time at Frostburg. I have the soundtrack covered. My older brother attended at the same time, and we played many a shindig, and BYG played on the jukebox at Highway, which is a local spot for years also, my other brother has a wonderful French restaurant in D.C. called Primrose. It's amazing. I think I can arrange for a table. 
I know a guy. <laughs> then he asked about his wine label, Lightwell Survey. He'd be happy to send a big box of that at your earliest convenience. So isn't that nice from That's Jeff? Very lovely. Very lovely. Very, very lovely. And this is called Morning's Over. They're good. They are very good. Yeah, it's good. Show on the 29th, yeah. They play in Ann Hornaday. Um, I am told by Nigel, I don't know if this is true, so I'm going to ask if this is true, that you liked the movies of this most recent year, 2023, better than you liked the movies in recent vintage. Is this true? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. It, I just thought it was an incredibly strong year. And, it's, and it goes to what I'm constantly harping on about, banging on about, which is this ecosystem. You know, you want a little bit of everything. You know, you want the big spe- spectacles. You want the big blockbusters. And we had that with the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Um, and then you want the, you know, little, little indies that, that like <laughs> this little movie called Past Lives, <clears throat> which came out over the summer. And really caught on with audiences. I mean, that was the one that people kept coming up to me and going, we just saw this little movie called Past Lives. I mean, it really connected with people. Okay. And then you have these beautiful mid-rangers, you know, like this movie Air that I know you and I are going to talk about. Yes, we're going to talk about that. My my question, I have a lot of questions, is there was a strike, SAG after strike. That is likely to affect the supply chain down the road more than now, right? Because... Because movies that were in production finished, or did did this did the strike have any effect on two thousand twenty three? No, no, okay. certainly not with movie. No, the only thing I think it really now. I'm not. I'm not a labor practice. You know, like I'm not a complete biz expert, but I feel right. like the only real impact we saw was like in late night. And oh. I mean, it did. It affected. It didn't affect the production of the movies because, like you said, they were in the can. But you know, during right. that actor strike. Those guys couldn't go out and promote these movies, which was tough. You know, I mean, that was, that's, it was an interesting kind of, um, you know, controlled study on whether stars still matter and actors still matter. And if, you know, people do go to see movies because of the people in them. And um, so I do think that, that that probably did, you know, affect the promotion of those movies. A I bit. ask you this all the time, and I apologize for asking it again. Because I see ads on television that say this movie only in theaters. Mm-hmm. To what percentage have people returned to theaters, or do they just stay home and stream movies, which come on pretty quickly after they're released? That's a still open question. I mean, people did, they flocked to the, you know, what really blew my mind about Barbenheimer was that these were both kind of weird movies. Like, these were not superhero movies. They were... They, even though one was based on a recognizable brand, um, you, you know, they were both very idiosyncratic. You know, Barbie was a was a bananas movie experience. I don't know if you got to see it yet. No. But it's not. You know, it's nothing that I would have ever expected mass audiences to to uh, go to flock to. And Oppenheimer is this. You know. I guess by now, relatively obscure historical figure. You and I know who he yes, is, but certainly. like they, the yes. young kids don't. Right. It's long. It's brainy. It you have to focus. You have to lean in. You know to really get it all to get all the dense layers. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. But again, not something that is just an easy, you know, uh, an automatic blockbuster. And both of them did absolutely amazingly well and that gave me such hope just for audiences like yeah they'll go and they'll reward these things which was great um and of course you have a taylor swift and a beyonce you know they'll go and see stuff like that um you know this this i'm really 
intrigued by this new George Clooney movie, which did which got kind of middling reviews, but audiences like it. You know, it's getting like A cinema scores and people it did very, very well when it just opened. So I think that is still an open question is like what people are going to actually make time to see in theaters you know, as opposed to waiting for streaming. I don't think anybody knows the I don't think there's an answer to that yet, you know, what that yeah. magic thing is. Because, I mean, there used to be, when theaters were important, people made movies to be seen in theaters. There were larger mm-hmm. movies, you know, smaller movies didn't have to be seen in theaters. You could wait. But there True. were larger movies. For example, I can't be the only one who wants to just get rid of Aquaman. I mean, every I single time I turn on a television set, there's another who I don't know who this guy is. I don't want him around my house anymore. I know. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I mean, Aquaman. well, that is, that's the other takeaway from this year. Is those movies didn't do so great, you know, the superhero stuff. The Marvel, I just feel like the Marvel um, juggernaut is starting to slow down considerably, and I think that's the other mark. That, I think that's the other lesson of Barbenheimer was there might be some exhaustion finally settling in, which, you know, oh. I've experienced that. I mean, I got that exhaustion a lot earlier, you know, just because I... Well, you have to watch. I mean, I see all these ads. There are two kinds of ads is all I see. Horror movies and Aquaman. Right. (laughs) Well, because those those are the genres that do well in theaters. But I, but you know, there, I also think though, that theatrical, even if a movie, theatrical still does matter because even if people don't see it in the theater, they are made aware of it because of theatrical reviews, like, you know, the ones I write, and of ads and, you know, having a movie in a theater does raise the general awareness of it. So that might, the the profit, the the revenue might not be reaped until down the line, but I think there is a case to be made for, you know, a theatrical stand still mattering, you know. I tried to write down what I thought was the last truly great movie I saw. Yes, that's a good exercise. And it was, you know, it probably isn't the last great movie I saw, but I came up with Zero Dark Thirty, which uh-huh. has to be six or seven years ago, right? It has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a truly great movie. Maybe there are others. I did want to see Air. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. I did see Air. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's great. I love, mm-hmm. I love Matt Damon. The thing that I wanted to, to find out about, and I asked a friend of mine who knows... Phil Knight, I said, is that what he's like? The way Ben Affleck portrayed him, is that? And he said, yes, yes. So I had no idea about that. What are your thoughts? I, I don't think Damon can make a bad movie. I don't no, think he can. So, I totally agree. But for me, Jason Bateman was, I oh, just yeah. thought he was, I yeah. thought that performance was absolutely gorgeous. And so moving. And then when Viola Davis comes in, she just oh, elevates the entire enterprise. Tremendous. She Jordan's does. mom. Yeah, she's great. God, what a, you know. So I think the reason why I have such, um, and I find myself, to your point, yes, it's good. Is it great? No. You know, probably no. not. No. But I find myself now kind of overpraising the good, the, the just good ones. Because in a way, those are the hardest ones to execute. Because they're not—they're not striving for Oppenheimer level scope and sweep and historical right. import. Right. They're just good movies, you know. And that's what I think. Boys in the Boat is like this Clooney movie. It's a good movie. So that's about—that's about an Olympic rowing team, right? Yeah, the University of Washington rowing team that went to the '36 Olympics, and it, he just does it very straight and true. You know, it's—it's it's a period piece. 
it's, um, you know, it doesn't put much spin on the ball. It's, it's just incredibly well executed and, and straightforward and emotionally engaging. It's got a great protagonist, um, this real-life guy named Joe Rance, who literally came from nothing and, and joined the crew just because it, 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 it um, involved a little bit of a stipend, so it helped him pay for school. Um, but back to the air thing. So, yeah, I think that was the first, you know, that was the movie. I saw that back in March. I saw it at home a month, uh, a week ago, two weeks well, ago. I th- and this is something where I did see it in a theater with an audience. And, man, I'll tell you, it played like gangbusters. Yeah. And it was just fun. It was fun to be in a theater watching a good movie again with a bunch of people who got it and who were with it. And we all just had a ball. We just had a blast. That's interesting. I mean, the movie is about, for people that don't know, uh, Air is the first word in Air Jordan. It's about getting Michael Jordan to sign a contract with Nike. That's the entire movie right there. Right. And Michael Jordan has no words. Right. My, Michael Jordan <laughs> it has no dialogue in the movie. You see, you see a tall figure from behind twice. Yeah. And yet he is the total star of the movie. Damon is great. There are other movies here. I, I'm going to give you three others that I've heard of, and I wonder... Okay. You know, tell me about them. And okay. also then tell me what you think is the best two or three of the year if I don't okay. reach them. The Holdovers, American Fiction, and Maestro. Yes. I mean, those, the, yes, I did not put Maestro on my top ten, but it would probably, it could have easily been. But the, but American Fiction is my number one movie of the year. And if I were to tell you, Tony Kornheiser, to, to take out the, you know, take misses to a movie this weekend, it would be right. go see American Fiction. I mean, it, it again, it, it, it's that entertaining experience. It's just a, it's an old-fashioned, really good movie with Jeffrey Wright, who is, I think, one of our best actors ever and really doesn't get a chance to get a lead role that often. He's often supporting and often wonderful when he is. But here he plays this. Um, it's funny. Both American Fiction and Holdovers are about academics. They're both college, sort of grumpy professors. Um, Jeffrey Wright, the college professor, and he sets out to write a kind of um, stereotypical urban, you know, urban piece of quote-unquote black fiction because he mm-hmm. thinks that so much black writing is pandering to white liberal pieties and stereotypes. So he just decides to kind of, you know, play a prank on the publishing industry. And, of course, it's a hit. And <laughs> it becomes this great satire on that, on publishing and on politics and on race. But at the same time, he's act, he's coping with a lot of family crises, and that is just a delightful family drama comedy with Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Uggams and Sterling K. Brown. I mean, wonderful, wonderful actors. Leslie Uggams is Plays still his alive. Mom beautifully, Whoa. just beautiful. That's She's great. radiant, absolutely radiant. But it's funny. It's touching. It's warm. Um, I watched I, her I guess, on TV in the fifties. I know. And I'll tell you, <laughs> man, did. she is. She is gorgeous. That's it's great just a know. wonderful movie. A very okay. and the holdovers um, reunites Alexander Payne and Paul Giamatti, who, of course, Alexander Payne made Sideways with Giamatti several yeah. years ago. So it's that same team up, and again, very affecting drama about a um, prep school teacher who's stuck at school over the Christmas holidays, kind of babysitting the kids that are held over. Hence the title holdovers, and he undergoes a particular bond with this one student who's played by this complete newcomer named Dominic Sessa, who they found at Deerfield Academy where they were filming. And he's fantastic. And it's just that, you know, Alexander made this to look like a 70s. It takes place in the 70s. 
it looks like it was done in the 70s. It has that grain, very similar kind of, you know, very um, retro vintage soundtrack and sound design. It's just a, I think you would really, I think you would love both those movies. Well, I said earlier in the show that for the first time last night, for the first time in four years, basically, I sat down to watch stuff. I watched four episodes of The Diplomat. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I watched the first four episodes. Love Kerry Russell. Love her and everything. Um, Rufus Sewell, yum. It's really, it's it's good, you know, and I Yeah, I I loved it. And after, you know, after watching four straight years of sports, I <laughs> waved the white flag last night on these bowl games. I said, no, no, no. One, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to watch something else. So That's amazing. That was what about slow good. horses? Have you caught up with slow horses yet? This is, this is the subject of my life today. <laughs> I don't have Apple TV. Everyone well, says... Slow horses is the best, right? You kind of have to, it. Kind of is, and you kind of have to get Apple TV now, and you have to watch it. You do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's an order. <laughs> do you know it's what my cable bill is? Do I do I have to? I work for a cable company. <laughs> ESPN's a cable company. Do I have to dump cable and do these other things like Wilbon has done? Just streaming, stream stuff. Yeah, that's I all. Do I have to get the are. Hulu? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But there's so much stuff when you when you go to one of these sites. There's so much stuff that comes on your screen that you just, I just turn it off. It's too I much. Yeah, it's I can't okay. handle it. I, I completely hear you. And then what I end up doing is just going back to like really old, like British, like, you know, to well, the manor born. Okay, on so McManus. You know, I'm just going, McManus, I'm going into it, the deep cuts, you know. Yeah. McManus is now watching again and again the first true detective. Oh, exactly. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. She says you have to watch so again. I said good. I watched it. No, you have to watch again. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. that's kind yeah. of. I know. It's like you get into that. I don't know. There's got to be a term for that. There's like a paralysis, you know, and then a and then a regression or something. But but no, you really would love slow horses, though. So this is this is like MI5 or something like that. It's whatever oh, it's they call so it. Good. It's, it's almost yeah, like yeah, it's MI5. Yeah, but it's, but like, it's just Gary Oldman. I he's mean, good. I, I have no words. He's so good. It, it's oh. just okay. It's a great character, and he is spectacular in it. And then all of the support, you know, Kristen Scott Thomas, and oh, uh, I remember her. Yeah, she's oh, great. it's delicious. She's kind of his uh, foil, you know, uh, up so the organization. It's, it's just fabulous. So is is the diplomat a good point to start to jump into these other things? Sure. Just, yeah, okay. because the diplomat—that's what made me think it's in England. It's kind of in that same world. Yeah, you could see the diplomat. You could see Kerry Russell, you know, having a dealing with with Gary Oldman's character down the line <laughs> with Lamb, with so Patrick Russell. Lamb. <laughs> so I'm watching this thing, and and Kerry Russell, she plays a full person. She's yeah, a full exactly. person. And when she starts to fight with her husband, I know, when tries to kill him <laughs> physically, it's really good. Her oh, husband, no, I just who love is it. her you husband? Know, he's so, great. Oh, Rufus Sewell, he's oh, just fabulous. He's so wait a minute, now has that started up again? That's my no, other I'm thing about all these season series. One. I don't oh, okay. know. Maybe it's maybe we're into season eight. I have no idea. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's coming yet because I need to. I need to pay attention to when that's coming back because I really I did enjoy it. But that's the problem. Mm. You start these things and then you have to wait and wait and wait and wait for the next. You know, for the next tranche. Yeah. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Oh, Anne. Tony, it's always a pleasure. But please go see American Fiction, and I think okay. Holdovers is streaming now, so you should be able to find that um, wherever you stream your popular culture content. 
It's fantastic. And Hornaday, oh. boys and girls. We'll take a break and we will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. He's got your emails and your notes. He'll read them for all you folks. Because it's the mailbag. Yeah, it's the mailbag. If you drive a car, no Subaru. Thank you, Sean. I've always liked that. Could have at least on, on the live version. Yeah. <laughs> riff on Taxman, which was a George Harrison lead, I think. It was, yes. It was a George Harrison lead. Yes. All right, Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. That will just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, if you ever plan a motor west, take my way. That's the highway. That's the best. Get your kicks on Route 66. Well, wines from Chicago to L.A., more than 2,000 miles all the way. Get your kicks on Route 66. The best version of that song is the Rolling Stones. Yes. From the mid-60s. But the original version is a man named Bobby Troop. Yeah. T-R-O-U-P. From like the mid-40s, didn't yes, we figure that out? Song. Yes. Old song. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd and Hornaday. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple. Please leave us a review. Let's see what the mailbag holds for us. Record-breaking performance on Christmas. From Mike Todd, not that Mike Todd in Columbus, Ohio. Dear Tony, I was five for five eating desserts on Christmas. Eat it, Wilbon. Um, from Dina in Damascus, I feel that Jason, talking about Jason Lockenfora, was a little too humble to mention that he can also be heard on the Laura Littles podcast. Yes, he now has a Chuck and Roxy number, 286. Mr. Tony, I think you should wait for 511. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not the too, worst. Not too good. Not the worst. Not too good, but not the worst. <clears throat> So he didn't tell us that. No. Jason Lockin. Have to ask him about the next time he's on. Yeah. Again, they have more podcasts than I do. By a substantial. <laughs> I wonder if he they sneezed. Must, they must do it all the <laughs> yeah. time. Oh, he's so great if he sneezed. Yes. Jason, could you do us a favor? Could you sneeze like you did on the other podcast? From Mike O'Brien in Boston, formerly Revere. Homemade bric-a-brac. Common man, what are you? An 87-year-old man? Bric-a-brac? <laughs> Who are you, Uncle Leo? Did I say bric-a-brac? You may have used bric-a-brac, yes. Oh, okay. From Paulie Coconuts. Uh, in Winchester, Virginia, who was in the band, right? Yes, the uh, Wild Ozark Mountain Devils or something like that. Oh, he w- he wasn't in the mailbag band that we love so much, Pink Hangover? No, no, oh, Paulie okay. Coconuts, yeah. Okay. Well, Dear Dr. Grandpa, I have three daughters, all as different as can be and all different hair colors, blonde, brunette, and redhead. So when someone asks me how many kids I have, I say three, one of each, and then I laugh as they try to figure it out. Yeah, it's just wonderful. That makes me so happy. This is from Will... <laughs> Stummy, Will Stummy, and these are, oh man, these are uh, bobbleheads, these are weird. 
I wanted to send you a quick note about a Christmas present I received. Like many other bald guys, I have subjected the woman to whom I'm related by marriage and my three daughters to PTI and your podcast throughout the years. Mostly they just roll their eyes, but during PTI, my wife occasionally looks over to me and simply asks, why are they always yelling so much? All my daughters are now grown and married, and although their husbands are sports fans, they don't really meet the demographic for old guy radio, but they tend to indulge me a bit more quietly than all of the women. One even accompanied me down to chatter several years ago on a very cold morning. Back to my present. For the past few years, rather than each member buying presents for all the others in our expanding family, we have used the secret Santa arrangement. A couple of months before Christmas, a drawing is held where each of us draws a name of the one family member they are to buy for. This year, my newest son-in-law, Brett, won the lottery and picked my name. His gift to me was a Tony Kornheiser bobblehead. I was very pleased, and although I wouldn't have refused some Johnny Walker Blue, this was a very thoughtful gift. However, I learned there was a good bit more to it. Apparently, although I think I've seen Tony and Wilbon bobbleheads on the PTI stage, I didn't realize they were not available for sale. What I also didn't realize is that there are businesses out there that will make personalized bobbleheads. Apparently, a good bit of info has to be submitted to complete the task, and the photo of you that he sent with the order must not have been enough. Eye color was apparently pretty necessary, and his best Googling determined you have gray eyes. Well, have blue eyes, if they still work. I've attached a couple eyes. of photos. Yeah, <laughs> old gray eyes. Yeah, that's, that's me doing late-night songs. I've attached a couple of photos so you can see what was achieved. A few final details were added with the assistance of my wife. Your name on the stand and the maple leaf and the Canadian flag. For some reason, it came with only the red stripes on the flag. I was asked a little later if this was going to be displayed in our home or at my office before I could answer. My wife responded without hesitation, his office. Thanks for all the years of fun. So I guess you... It doesn't look anything like me. There's a larger photo at the back. Yeah, it really does. It doesn't look anything like <laughs> no me No bobblehead ever does. It, it, it just doesn't. But the, but the fact that you can get those done... Yeah, I think Bonnie had bobbleheads made for Mike and me 20 years ago. I don't even... Are they still on the set? I don't even know. I mean, I suppose they I are around somewhere, yeah. To, but yeah, they're not for sale. No. There's only... Those are the only ones. <laughs> uh, Jeff Barger, Hillsborough, North Carolina. Do you think these horses' head salt and pepper shakers are a good idea? I'll hang up and listen. And he sent a picture of... No. Of, yeah, look, none of its named Khartoum. They, yeah, they look terrible. <laughs> oh, they look terrible, Jeff. Um... Rabbi Misha Ben David in Austin, Texas. Listeners have some good suggestions for world-class lousy songs, but none of them dared to offer you the single most grotesque, sickening, reviled song ever to earn a gold record, which it did in the spring of 1971. DOA by Blood Rock. I don't know that song. I am not familiar with that song. DOA by Blood Rock made it to number three on the Billboard pop singles charts then. Its storyline is confusing, but squeamishly morbid, no matter what you believe it's about. As a newspaper man, you know exactly what DOA means, dead on arrival, yeah. I used to, when I drove a Mustang, not a Mustang, when I drove a Pinto, which was a car that burst into flames that Ralph Nader talked about at one point, I I wanted personalized license plate that said DOA, 72, (laughs) it was 72 Ford Pinto, I couldn't get it. It starts with an organ that had to have come from a mortuary in Fort Worth from where this six-man rock band hailed. That's creepy enough, but the first line in the song is, I remember we were flying along and hit something in the air. What follows at a funereal pace is a tale of a man looking at dead bodies around. What is this? You will never, ever hear this song on a Happy Talk Oldie show, I assure you. I've never heard it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the song. Um, I own uh, three of these guys' other records, and while they're hardly as chipper as Donovan or Melanie, they turned out smart, tuneful hard rock that I liked a lot. Don't let anyone lay claim to the worst song title on your show. I think I have this in hand. Well, I'm unfamiliar with that song. Could you look it up? I will look it up for us and play it, play yeah. it after the show. I don't want to hear it. 
<laughs> I mean, is that terrible? I don't, I don't actually want to hear it. Wow. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Let's try this. Your line, just say it as I say it. Say your line exactly as I'm about to. Okay, sure. Would that it were so simple. <laughs> Would that it were so simple. Yes. Yeah.
手。